0: The Dale Jr. Download is brought to you by ZipRecruiter.
1: You going to any concerts this summer, man?
0: I am. I'm seeing a concert in June. Hardy and Kit Moore.
1: Love Hardy. In
0: uh, Charlotte. I was so stressed getting the tickets. I'm going to be front row. I'm gonna, I'm in the pit. When these tickets go out, man, I am online as soon as tickets open. I don't want to miss a thing.
1: Yeah, you you know, you got to act quick. Yes. And when you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for a business. You want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. Mm. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DaleJr.
0: ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Junior ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
2: is a production of Dirty Mo Media. There he is. Come on in here, buddy, have a seat. Hey everybody, glad you tuned in. It's time for another episode of the Dell Junior Download. Mike Davis, Dell and Hart Jr., the Mojangle Studio. We've got a great guest today. Well, how are you doing, Red? I'm doing fine right now. This They're is every like, week, okay, bro? Well, buckle in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you died on that hill. You, yeah. Your career died on that hill, and you were hard headed. You're the bigger idiot. I didn't even think about it. No. You thought about it and didn't ask That it. makes me the bigger idiot. I think so. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download here in the Bojangle studio with my co-host Mike Davis. How's it going, Mike? Doing well, man. All right, man. It's Wednesday, September 27th, and we're going to take you guys to Lernerville Speedway. This week, we have a little bit different of a guest segment. The High Limit Sprint Car Series has invited all of us to come out and check out what this series is all about. I'm looking forward to it. I know Mike is as well. We're going to get a chance to talk to Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet today. We're going to understand a little bit about what this series is about. I want to thank Ally for giving us the opportunity to bring the guest segment to you every week. Um, Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet. Brad actually raced for Junior Sports many, many years ago. So both of these guys are allies here at Dirty Mo Media. And we're going to have a blast. So let's get right to it. Let's head on over to Learnerville Speedway for the Dale Jr. Download. Y'all got to start it up there. I think we're good. We're yeah, good. I think, uh, testing, testing. <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. So I guess, you know, you know Mike, hold working. it down until it turns green. I just mashed a button and it started working, Mike. You got a green light there? All right. You don't have to hold it, I don't think. you have to. I don't think you have to hold it. But all right. Okay. All right. We'll get it tuned up. Um, I guess, you know, the first question for me is what, you know, you guys have raced Y'all raced on dirt forever together or against each other in different, you know, at different times in your careers. You end up going into stock cars and now, you know, made your way all the way to the Cup Series. I know why you race cars and and, and I know why you compete, but why do you want to start a series? Tell me everything from, from how the conversations even started about, hey, could we do this? Why should we do this? To where you are today. Yeah, i mean that's a
3: that's a loaded question and a great question um you know I've been around dirt tracks for for quite a while now doing the world of outlaw tour uh ten seasons so you know it's a little awkward to kind of step out and be a series owner um, you know being a driver for so long but um you know Kyle has a has a really unique ability to you know draw fans from all facets to sprint car racing and you know streaming is a is a big part of the world now of of racing and, and owning the series. And, uh, you know, Kyle presented me with an opportunity, a unique opportunity to, to try something out, a a midweek series, uh, something that could get him some more races, but also helps the local tracks. Uh, you know, because to have Kyle Larson come to a track and and race, it brings way more eyes. It brings way more fans. And, uh, obviously his willingness to, to kind of do that all the time is very unique. And it, it created an opportunity for me as kind of a entrepreneur maybe, or, or like someone on the business side, maybe towards the end of my driving career that, uh, you know, it, it was a no-brainer for me to, to kind of partner up with him and be that side of the, the business.
2: Who brought the idea to who?
4: So, I mean, it was kind of, I mean, well, you've always talked about, like, you need to have a series that's solely based around me or whatever, and I didn't really want that, you know, I wanted to, to help out the other racers, really, and, um, you know, I got to... Really, my eyes opened to starting this deal when I, I started racing the late model, and um, you know Flow Racing has their Tuesday night late model series, and you know pays twenty some thousand to win every Tuesday, and it's like, man, why wouldn't that work? You know, in sprint cars, the places are packed every week. You know, that I would run, and um, you know, there's just a lot. There wasn't much midweek racing in sprint cars, and I just felt it was a good opportunity for, for others to race, you know, race more, you know, race, make money. The owners, you know, make money. Um, all that so it's gone really well I've enjoyed it you know obviously you know when we get great crowds like this it's it's just great for all the teams you know with their merchandise and all that and and, I mean we got like 60 cars in the pit area to race for 50 grand on a Tuesday which is crazy so so it's been great
3: so essentially Kyle instead of getting paid to show up he you know brings the fans in and races for the purse you know so it's great for the racers it's great for the fans and You know, obviously, uh, it's drawn a ton of new interest into the sport. I
4: just, I really just wanted to kind of elevate, not only just the midweek stuff, but I was hoping, you know, this would add, you know, pressure to the weekend shows to raise their purses as well. So, I think we've seen a big step in that this year, and I think it's going to continue forward. So, I would say, so far, it's been successful.
2: So, entering into ownership of a series comes with a lot of, you know, challenges. What's been probably the the most surprising or most difficult thing to navigate um, that you didn't, you know I mean? I've, owning the Cars Tour uh, in North Carolina, you know, there's a there's so many people to please. Not now, you know, when you're a racer, you show up and you worry about your own people. But now you're handling all of the other competitors have concerns. Your 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 tech folks have concerns. The track, the promoters, they have concerns. So what's been the biggest challenge?
3: I think I think that managing expectations for racers and you know being new, uh, you know, making some mistakes along the way. Uh, Making some people mad in the pit area, and you know, not being organized. You know, when we had a bigger crowd than we were expecting at the at the ticket office, you know, and you know, just trying to navigate each and every weekend. You know, learning from our mistakes, but you know, quite a few things have happened where I think each show we've gotten better. But it's definitely a challenge, you know, starting from square one with a small team. We're just a small group of people uh, that that come out and try to run these shows on Tuesday night. So. It's been a challenge booking shows, Uh, you know, each promoter is different, each racetrack operator is different, so there's just a lot of people uh, involved in a lot of different relationships that you have to try to navigate to to keep everybody happy across the board, race teams, racetracks, you know, everybody alike.
2: What is the, you know, what is the uh, probably most difficult thing about midweek races is that not only for the fans but also, you know the crew guys and everybody that these are blue collar people. They have jobs. They have responsibilities outside of what they do at the racetrack. And so, do, you know, having a midweek race, how do you navigate those type of challenges?
3: Well, some of, some of the things that have been really good for the industry is uh, adding some things that are traveling from race to race. We're able to add a midweek show, and a lot of these guys do make a living out here racing. But but a lot of them don't, and so that is a challenge. You know, knowing who is going to come to the race, you know which which guys. So being strategic, how we schedule the races is. You know a key element uh, you know fans I think on a Tuesday night it's always a challenge with the weather uh, with the streaming service now you know they got to go to work or kids got to go to school so you never know what your crowds are gonna be like so those are those are probably the two biggest challenges it's just you know we're, we're offering up big money so we're trying to, to make sure we have big crowds and big car
1: counts and, and put on you know next level type shows here knowing how much anxiety you have over different things like this it's, it's making me even a little nervous because this is a pretty ambitious venture, right? Like you started a whole series and now you guys are, y'all got that similarities. Now here's my question for you guys. I know you've been racing together for a long time, but had you guys ever been in business together? Have y'all been business partners on anything? And if so, I want to know what you guys think of each other as business partners.
3: <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, we did, you know, what, what started this series probably a little bit too was that we took over a racetrack, both of our home track in, in California, Silver Dollar Speedway. Uh, I've always been ambitious to take that track over and rebuild one of the events, the Gold Cup. was always a really big event on the west coast and it's kind of died off so we, we were able to, to kind of team up him, myself and another partner, Colby Copeland and um, you know with some other great help out there and our families and, and that was what kind of started our first business endeavor. He he more helped on the likeness side and, and coming out and supporting. but. Uh, you know, that was our first kind of thing that we did together. And I can tell you a racetrack is one of the hardest things uh, to ever do uh, to, own a, to own a racetrack or run a racetrack is, is it's like five or six businesses in one. So honestly, the series was came second and that was actually a little bit less of a challenge just because the racetrack was, you know, taught me so many lessons that I kind of knew what I was getting into. And then it also helped me look at when I'm booking races and going to a racetrack, it helped me look at it from a promoter's you know, lens. And, th- and that helps when you come to these places, knowing all the challenges of owning a racetrack.
2: So owning the track was tougher.
3: Owning the track is tougher so far. Uh, obviously, our series is growing and it's young and we've only done, you know, 10 races. So I'm sure there's many growing pains and many challenges ahead of us. But uh, night in and night out, owning a racetrack is a, is a more challenging business. It's harder to to make money. It's, uh, you know, it's the ticketing, the staff, you know, it's ordering the beer, it's having a restaurant, which is your food concessions. It's Having equipment work on the racetrack it's having officials it's having the payout ready it's having you know so many different things and you just we just dove into it so uh, you know those were some you know good lessons to be learned before doing a series and I think it's really helped us uh, you know through these
4: through this first year with the challenges for sure
2: was it a foregone conclusion Kyle when this y'all decided to do this that you would commit to every single race
4: yeah you no know, that's that was the the reason why I have it at midweek you know it's easy for me to get to. Thankfully, Hendrick Motorsports is very accommodating, too, with my schedule and uh, knowing that these races are really important to, to me and my brand and, and all that. So, um, yeah, that that was the number one goal uh, was for me to run all of these. And uh, it's gone well. We have a you know a points system, so you know, I'm leading the points right now. Rico to, uh, Rico's I think, only 30 points behind me or so, so I, I would like to beat him. But, you know, <laughs> we're doing... Uh, the business stuff has been fun, you know. And Brad, I, I, we joke with him. I don't know if anybody, young kids, you do. I'm sure you've watched Sing, right? So he he <laughs> reminds me of uh, what is it, Buster, Buster Moon, Buster Moon, <laughs> the That's promoter right. on there. He's like the little the little guy and um, will not take no for an answer. Super ambitious, big ideas, and uh, is really successful at the end you know, end of the movie with all that. So um, I've learned to just you let. Brad's ideas go, and they're usually right, and um, it's been it's been fun. You know, I feel like it's brought our families a lot closer. We were already obviously really close, but um, you know, it's brought Rachel, his wife, you know, much closer. to All of us, and it's just been fun. It's been fun getting to do it all, and in the track, you know, going to Gold Cup a few weeks ago was a blast, and um, it's just it's been a really
1: good time. Oh, you got to tell us, all right? This is, this, we're all amongst friends here, right? We. Have been at Hendrick Motorsports. Dale drove for forever, right? I got to know the the secret to getting Rick Hendrick to agree to this. <laughs> like, how yeah. do you get them to do that?
4: I would, so I was super nervous. Obviously, everything happened to me, and and then uh, I met with Rick and and Jeff, and um, you know they we talked and talked, and they're like, well, you know, what's important to you? You know, what what do you want? And uh, what do you want out of this deal if we sign you? I was like. I would just like to race sprint cars still. <laughs> and, uh,
1: that's so funny. Dale Jr. said he wanted rides on the helicopter to Martinsville and Darlington. That, yeah. was, what he, that was important to him. That yeah. and painted side skirts.
4: Oh, yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah,
1: I should have aimed a little higher.
4: Yeah, I was like, man, this is going to be the end of it. Like, I've got this Hendrick Motorsports opportunity in front of me, and I'm going to kill it by telling him I want to race sprint cars still. But um, thankfully, the schedule is way different now than when you, know, you were full-time, like, you know, back then, I mean, you were testing all the time, you were practicing on Fridays and Saturdays, racing Sundays. Now we get 20 minutes of practice, if that. Like this week, we go to Talladega, we just qualify and race. So I think the teams are now seeing that it's harder for your driver to stay sharp, you know, with the limited track time. So I think it's a way for, it's risky, it's risky racing, letting your driver race sprint cars and, and dirt stuff and all that. But um, I think they, they see the upside of it, you know, staying sharp and racing and all that. So, and in 2021, my first year at Hendrick, it obviously went really good, winning the championship and I raced more that year than I ever have. So, um, just, uh,
1: that's called leverage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: So no, it's, it's gone good. I'm, I'm appreciative of it for sure.
2: Experience the thrill of the racetrack. Like you're in the driver's seat with DraftKings Sportsbook, bet on your favorite racers, and feel the rush of every pass, pit stop, and victory like never before. Right now, new customers can turn five bucks into two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Bet five on anything to score big no matter what goes down on the racetrack. Check out Dirty Modo every Thursday where they will handicap the field and recommend bets to watch for during the upcoming race. With props, parlays, and more, you'll have bets to follow all race long. The racing action doesn't stop till the checkered flag drops. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and join with code DALE. New customers can bet $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. That's code DALE only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. For state-specific disclaimers, check the show notes. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash auto racing for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. What goes around comes around, and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. For the first time ever, Dirty Mo Media is taking its hit podcast to the streets. We'll be live and we'll be in front of real people. Uncensored, unapologetically authentic, and totally unprepared. So it's business as usual. But here's the catch. We'll be talking about our real lives and racing like we never had before. Stories that we never dreamed would be broadcast in front of a live audience. Until now. And the only way to hear these stories is by coming to Dirty Mo' Live, Dale Jr. and Friends at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. It's Friday, October the 13th. Go to dirtymomedia.com slash live or Ticketmaster to join me and Mike Davis from the Dale Jr. Download and Brett Griffin, Freddie Kraft, and TJ Majors from Door Bumper Clear. And we're gonna spill the tea on each other. When you have decades-long careers in NASCAR, you have highlights, lowlights, and more stories than you know what to do with. For example, the time me and Mike Davis got in an argument during the race or the time that TJ Majors went completely radio silent on me while spotting for me during an event. Yeah, we're going to hear those stories and more. So come out to the Westgate Resort and Casino on Friday, October 13th, to see Dirty Mo Live, Dale Jr. and friends. Get your tickets on Ticketmaster or visit DirtyMoMedia.com live. That's DirtyMoMedia.com live to get your tickets or you can find them on Ticketmaster. Come join us on Friday, the 13th for Dirty Mo Live, Dale Jr. and friends. Things are bound to get crazy. So, you know, how do you decide how many races you're gonna run and how do you manage your schedule? Cause I know you don't run every race right? So what's, what, tell us how it yeah, so takes that.
3: Yeah, so I run the, the Outlaw Tour, and uh, this is kind of the first year that High Limits has come onto the stage. So the Outlaws didn't really love the High Limit Series because it's a little bit of, viewed a little bit as a challenge to them uh, with our higher purses and, you know, middle of the week, and their drivers are, you know, like myself, are wanting to race these races. So the Outlaws uh, went ahead and made a rule that you could run four races outside of their series and keep their benefit package, Um You know, so this is one of my four races that I'll be running uh, outside of that, which is for 50,000 to win here on a Tuesday night, which is super cool. Um, But, yeah, we chose 12 this year because, for one, that fit kind of Kyle's schedule. It was just enough that it, you know, kind of, we got to fill it out. You know, anything less, I think, wouldn't have been enough, and anything more would have felt a little too much to be middle of the week, because then we're out here, you know, too many middle of the week. So, yeah, I mean, we'll just learn from this year and kind of see what happens.
2: And so when you're not driving... You're, you're literally just a series owner navigating around and the whole property. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah so I, I really enjoy it. I mean, it's kind of the next chapter of my life. You know, I mean, uh, as you get older and kind of start thinking about what what the next chapter is going to be. You've mentioned that twice. Yeah. So
2: what, are you going to retire soon?
3: Yeah, I mean, honestly, from driving, I don't see myself racing, you know, too He's many miles. <laughs> I don't believe it.
2: Yeah, it wasn't I'm, that long I'm, ago he's racing in our Xfinity cars, so I yeah. know he's not th- too old. I'm, I'm
3: 37 now. And Good uh, lord! Yeah, At
1: all kinds of time.
3: <laughs> I know, but you know, having a having a little girl oh, yeah. and being away on the road, um, you know, I've I've enjoyed, you know, kind of I've been on the road racing for 10 years, so I I just feel like it's uh I've I've really enjoyed kind of the art of the show, right? Like I really think there's some innovation. I really love our product, and I really think that it could be showcased, you know, a lot better. And You know, more efficient, and you know, I just think it's my turn to to take my shot here, and you know, I'll uh, keep racing for as long as I need to keep racing. But I'm definitely very enthusiastic and excited about running the series, and and hopefully, helping elevate the whole sport of sprint car racing.
2: I had the chance to talk to Casey Kane years ago on uh, my podcast, and he was just getting back into racing on dirt, and I thought, man, you know, you can hop in there and get right to it and run right up front you know just it'll be nothing you've got a great team and and he he told me he's like you know it's a little bit different in that style of racing it takes months you got to be they're doing it every night of the week over and over and over and it, it takes you so long to be able to sort of get back up to speed and understand what's going on on the racetrack and the car and the way the tracks are changing and so forth and so I guess to that point you can't kind of have a part-time schedule right and be and be as competitive as you want now this guy's an anomaly <laughs> unless you're uh, he's, the, he's, this ninja yeah. here or
3: whatever he's got going on but yeah uh, yeah no to your point for sure it's uh, you're kind of all in right I mean if you want to be a, a professional sprint car racer you have to be out here to make a living you know to, to really make a meaningful living you need to be out here right? each and every night you know battling it out and, and build a really great race team and you know there this a this is a lot of elite talent dirt racers that have spent many, many years out here honing their skills. So, uh, you know, I know it's taken me a long time to get to the level that I've gotten to. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's kind of the point is when you're at the top level for so long, you know, you start to, you know, it, it takes a lot mentally, physically for me to, to compete with this guy who makes it look so easy. But, uh, you know, the reality is it, it does take a lot of your, yourself,
4: you know, away from there, your family. It's 90, 90 races a year that they're running. So I mean, you think about the time away from home, and you know, there's no private jets and and all that. So it's a, it, it's a grind for sure, and, and especially living in California too. Most of the races are Midwest, East Coast. So it's, yeah, it's your it's life.
3: Difficult. I mean, you're you it's your life on the road. I mean, you spend two hundred something days in a hotel, and and you're driving around, and you know, it's it's definitely. You have to be very passionate about it, and it's definitely what I dreamt of doing was being a champion, and you know I've accomplished that, and you know I definitely am excited, you know, to have this opportunity to own a series and, and try to elevate the sport even higher, which is which is really cool.
1: I hear you. I do. I do hear y'all, and I believe you. However, a few weeks ago, I saw a 48-year-old lead like 47 laps in the Xfinity Series race before he decided to start a campfire in the floorboard of his car. So I'm just saying, I think it still can be done on a competitive level. Maybe be a little selective on races.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you just never really know what the future holds. You know, right now I'm committed that's to, right. I'm committed to racing. I I love racing. I'm committed to beating Kyle tonight. I'm committed to winning this 50 grand. I'm that's right. I, I'm that's exci- what we want to talk I'm about. Ex- I'm excited. But if we're talking about the series, I can get just excited about that too.
2: So you talk about, you know, having these grand ideas. What what's next? What what are some of the things I think you know you guys can improve on? But what are some of the big brain ideas that you've never seen? Uh, at you know at a race like this that you want to create?
3: Yeah, I mean we don't want to tell all our secrets, but we definitely have some good ideas. I think uh, I think efficiency in the shows could be better. Um, so
2: to that point, that's all I hear about High Limit is how well run the show is. Um, and I think you guys, I, I would, I think listening to y'all talk about it, that was the main point when y'all built this series was to make it quick and sufficient. And so uh, that's one of the things that everybody claims is, is one of the highlights of the series.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's that's great that, that we're getting that type of feedback. I mean, you know, it's a new challenge each and every night that you come to the racetrack, but it's just trying to do a little bit of everything better. You know, it's, it's trying to, you know, elevate the purses. It's... Uh, you know, trying to build more events. It's uh it's more than just a race. You know, there's camping or concerts or whatever it may be. Uh it's, you know, the efficiency of the show so when a fan a new fan does come, they don't get disengaged, you know, halfway through the night or you bring little kids out and they're asleep in their, their dad's arms at, at ten o'clock on a cold night. You know, that's it's just doing everything a little bit better. It's it's thinking about you fans. It's uh you know it's thinking about the product that we're putting up and and more consistently good because right now it's a little bit inconsistent and you sometimes don't know what you're going to see based off the track conditions or based off of what support classes are there or or who's running the show. So, you know, our brand, we want to be associated with uh, efficiency. We have a high quality product and and something that maybe has never been seen before uh, on a consistent basis.
2: What has the most positive effect on your car counts? Like what is the one thing that y'all try to do to create you know, the best car count. Is it is it all about the purse? What is the most effective thing?
3: I would say, a couple. Yeah, I mean, to yes. purse and who's location. running your show, location, uh, middle of the week obviously helps the car count because you're not really competing against anything else. So, we definitely learned some stuff about the middle of the week shows that we maybe didn't anticipate, but much higher car counts than we were anticipating. Uh, you know, the streaming numbers are, are better, viewership's higher because you're not competing against anything on a weekend. So. Definitely the midweek thing. There's been some great things about it, um, but yeah, the car count I think gets affected by uh, yeah, just location. There's there's pockets of sprint cars across the country that there's areas. Central Pennsylvania is very popular. Yeah. O- over here they have a good you know local contingency of cars and you know uh, so some of that like if you're if we try to go too far west or too far south you could run into you know, way less cars available.
2: So, so what is the geographic footprint?
3: It's, it's nationwide, but there's just places that are like late model country, and then there's in places. Carolina, we probably <laughs>
4: couldn't have a, a, a race with 35 cars. It, yeah. really, we used to, we used to go to Charlotte right. in
3: May, right before the Coke 600, and there'd be like 18 cars. You no know, and,
4: and probably 1,200
2: fans. Yeah. So, so um, how do you determine? So, you, when you create the series, you reach out to racetracks. You create partnerships. Now that people are starting to see the success of the series and how well you guys are doing, how good your streaming numbers are, what has been the response from other racetracks that aren't on the series that want to be there?
3: It's extremely high. <laughs> it's a the phone gets really busy now. Um, you know, now that we've kind of showcased our our product and and people have seen how beneficial it has been for you know local dirt tracks in other places and you know, those promoters want big shows. You know, that's what keeps these racetracks alive is all these fans coming out on a Tuesday night and, and really, you know, elevating the racetrack because the, these tracks, they're, they're running year round, but there's only a few nights a year that they can actually make this type of money or be profitable to, to keep them running. So, um, yeah, we're, we're definitely getting a lot of great feedback and, and we're trying to be really strategic in how we book shows because you don't want to oversaturate any markets. You definitely want to you know, keep the fans wanting to see us. We don't want to come here ten times and then they're burnt out. And then, you know, or we're or racing right around the corner and then it hurts both shows. So there's there's a lot of strategy to, to how we book them. And, and obviously, Lernerville here, uh, this is a hotbed sprint car place. And they haven't had a really big sprint car race in a few years. And obviously, Kyle coming, you coming, the High Limit Series, It's you know, there's a lot of excitement about tonight, around tonight.
1: You know, I, I, Dale and I were talking on the way in and we were wondering, you know, like some of the why, right? Why? Why Lernerville. All we had to do was pull in this front stretch here, and we got that answered. To be honest with you, this is an amazing crowd here. These are passionate fans. They ought to be commended for this, for sure. So, but so that that we got answered. But can you speak to? the passion that you guys feel that we don't need, we haven't figured out in North Carolina yet, but Dale and I are going to be ambassadors for you now. We're going to go back and we're going to say, hey, the guys in Pennsylvania know how to do this right. Just tell us, what is it about this fan base?
3: Honestly, Kyle could probably answer because he goes into a lot of late model races and sprint car races. So he, there, there's just, dirt racing is is a little bit divided. Like, I think there's like a misconception that you can't be a late model fan and a sprint car fan. And are you... Or you either like NASCAR and you can't like dirt, but like one thing that Kyle has done really well for the whole industry is he has crossed the fans over. I used to never watch a light model race. I, you know, I was a lot less engaged with NASCAR, and now I'm a lot more engaged with NASCAR. I hadn't watched a Cars Tour race. I turned on a Cars Tour race because you know Kyle has that ability and that uniqueness that that he makes every race a little bit better. So anytime he's able to do that, it helps. But he knows the he knows. The fan base, and here's like what late model fans and sprint car fans. I'm a little bit, you know, living in this world, so maybe you could probably speak on what, you know, why it doesn't work in certain areas, or it's just the way it's. Been. I
4: I mean, I've never raced a sprint car in, in the Carolinas, but um, so I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why it's not bigger there. Uh, but late model racing is huge there. So, but you know, I have seen over the last few years since I have transitioned to running more late model shows. Um, I do see the crossover, and, and I love I love seeing NASCAR shirts at the dirt tracks. You know, because every night I race a dirt race. You know, there's I'll, I bet ten fans that come up to me like, "This is my first ever dirt race I've gone to," and um, yeah, that makes me happy. You know, because it it makes me feel like I'm doing something positive for the overall broad spectrum of motorsports. You know, growing and, and I don't like Brad said I don't you know, I don't want there to be a fan that only likes a certain type of you know, category of car. I, I want Racing to just be one, and, and I feel like you, know, we haven't even scratched the surface on on getting that. But um, you know, it's uh, it's a goal of mine. It, I feel like it's part of my brand, and what I and uh, what I like to do is just grow racing by racing. Um, so I, I don't know what you know. Maybe we just have to start scheduling high limit races in the Carolinas. There we to, go. Uh, get the fans. There's some amazing race tracks in you know, the South.
3: Well, if if they'll come, we will. be <laughs>
4: Uh, I mean that late you model show we ran at Bulls Gap before Bristol is huge. I ran it like Tazwell's, an amazing track. The sprint car around there would be insane. We would probably turn in low nine second laps around there. So uh, there's some there's some awesome places and uh, I think if I think if late model fans, you know, would would just come and, and experience it and see the speed and, and the craziness, the danger of it. I think that you know, they would fall in love with it, just like I fell in love with late model racing because it's, it's just a different style, different form, and um, you just got to give it a chance.
1: All right, how are you going to beat Brad tonight?
4: <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what, where I drew. I don't know when I go out to qualify, any of that. So um, we'll see. Brad's really good here. The, the last time Brad raced here, I think he won. It was a good battle with you, me, and, and Donnie. We were all kind of three right there at the end um maybe donnie snuck by you i yeah, don't not know that,
3: not that one but i did win i think the last maybe the last commonwealth clash okay.
4: here might have like two years ago brad's been brad's been good here lately he's he's brad's uh, good and brad good. And brad loves money brad loves and money. he wants that money <laughs> he's he right shows, he shows up he he might he he's a points racer i joke with him these days he's been on the outlaw tour so long he's just a points racer <laughs> but uh when when the money's on the line he can, he can raise his you know, elevate himself to uh, to perform. So no, I, no points on the line tonight. Yeah, so no that's no what money. I'm saying. It's just money on his mind. So. He's, he's points racing tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sounds yeah. Right, right, Exactly. No, I to put there's, him in some awkward There's positions. so many good competitors. <laughs> there's so many good competitors in the pit area. I mean, Gravel, Rico, Britt Marks. I don't even know. I haven't been in the pits yet, so I don't even know who's here. But uh, Brown, I mean, there's a lot of good. AJ Flick, you know, local guy. Uh, Cy Lynch. <laughs> you know, there, there's going to be a lot of tough cars. It's going to be, there's going to be, Guys that could win any night of the week that'll miss the show tonight. That's how. That's how tough the field is. holler, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess
2: uh, you know that. Let's let's get into tonight. What can we expect from this racetrack? The temperatures. What kind of racetrack we're gonna have?
4: I think
3: Fast. we're gonna, Yeah, we're gonna see some. Uh, I don't know possibly, what the track is. Yeah, but <laughs> possible track record speeds here. I mean, the cooler temperatures, our engines are gonna be running good. The track's definitely. A, Wetter than it typically would be, but they they do a great job. They keep it really hard, and uh, it's hard to ever read it because they're gonna just keep packing it. So it looks pretty wet right now. I think we're gonna we're gonna have some high speed. Uh, You're gonna want to qualify good because I think that's it might be a little bit hard to pass until the main event. But this track usually once we get to the main event, it's usually pretty racy.
4: That's what's good about cool about dirt racing is you don't know like you don't know what you're gonna get you know before you go to the track like pavement race you know like roughly the line you're going to run, roughly the lap times you're going to run, you know, what lap the tires start to fade. Like, you don't know any of that uh, when you show up to a dirt track. So that's, that's what I think is really cool. I think that's what, you know, makes these dirt racers really good, too, because you always have to adapt.
3: Yeah, and that, that's what keeps, like, the engineering out of it, too. Like, there's no way to engineer your car or pull it down or you know, run some simulation because like there might be a hole that wasn't here last time we came here or there might be, it might be twice as fast wet-wise or, you know, it's just, there's so many variables that, that change how you do your car. The human element in dirt racing is everything. It's you, your crew chief, and your crew guys, you know, just making decisions, you know, on the fly that, that kind of separates the really good guys and, and that's why experience is so important in dirt track racing.
2: Well, we are excited to see what happens tonight. Uh, thank you guys for giving us some time today uh, in front of these fans. We're all excited to be here, right? It's going to be a hell of a show, and uh, thankfully we got some great weather, and um, again, man, you two, you two guys are doing some great work, and uh, raising the platform, and elevating the platform of motorsports across the board, um, and we're learning a lot from you. you know, I've been picking your brain, and, and even just tonight, just learning a little bit about this series, being here will help me. Uh, go back and 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 make our series better. So everybody's watching you guys, and um, and everybody's pulling for you. So thanks for tonight. Let's have some fun. Yeah, thank you guys. And thanks thanks Dale
3: too. Yeah. I mean coming into our area, we gotta give him some love.
2: Man, I'm really excited to have Ally help us bring the guest segment every week. It's one of my favorite parts of the download. We get to talk to so many different people in racing, outside of racing. But everybody that comes in here, I want them to have had a good time. I want them to want to come back. I want them to feel like an ally to Dirty Mo Media. Thank you, Ally, for your continued support of the download and the entire Dirty Mo Media team. Check out Dirty Mo media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok and Instagram)